I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. This is KSL's Religion Today, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner, on KSL News Radio. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Today, I wanted to assemble some fascinating but short questions that people have asked over the last several years. All of the ones that I've chosen for the program today are some of the very most basic questions people ask about God and whether he exists and about religion and whether it's true and about an afterlife and whether it is there. I hope you enjoy some of my thoughts about this because everyone at one point or another in life experiences these questions. Here's the first one. If there were God, he would be just, he would be fair, and no just and fair God would allow suffering, the kind we see in the world, especially by innocent children. That is a fascinating question. But there is one presupposition to it that I believe to be false, and that is that suffering is not fair, and that there isn't ultimately some good point to suffering. Now, that may sound contradictory, but isn't it true for all of us that some of the greatest lessons in our life are learned because of the most difficult, the most unfair, and the most unkind things that happen to us. For example, people who do no wrong are hurt or injured, and that seems so unfair, so horrible. How would God allow that? Why would God allow that? There is always a good for everything bad that seems to happen. For every trial, there is a rainbow or a reward, if you will. And what's the good of children suffering? It's that they learn about the people who love them. And also, they learn about suffering Apparently, at a young age, if we're talking about innocent children, 
and then they cherish life later on and do not take it for granted the way so many other people do. For everything that seems negative, there is something positive that is attached to it. In Latter-day Saint religious teachings, that is the idea that there must needs be opposition in all things. It's not there might be or you could encounter it. It's that there must be. And the corollary to that is that it must be because that's part of the purpose of life, to suffer, to have things happen that are unfair, to have opposition in all things that are good, meaning that there will be bad. Second question that comes up a lot is there could not be a God because so many things are just not fair. This isn't fair. That isn't fair. The things that religious people don't do uh, do are not fair. The things that other people do aren't fair. This is sort of the slightly less harsh question that comes up, a slightly less harsh version of the first question about suffering innocent children. Well, maybe not as harsh as suffering for innocent children, but everybody suffers things that aren't fair, whether you're young or old. Fair is in the mind of the person making the judgment, but by any standard, everyone will experience things that do not seem fair. Again, when we experience those, we learn from them. There are principles and knowledge to be learned from every difficult thing in life. Here are some examples. One of the greatest principles is freedom, free will, free agency, not safety, because safety is given away when you have freedom. If there is freedom, then there would be freedom for accidents to occur and freedom for all kinds of frightening and dangerous activities to occur. And we put the clamps on some of those in the form of laws, but bad people still break them and do horrible things every single day. We could curtail all freedom and have everyone live in a padded cell where they would be completely safe, but no one would learn very much. Freedom, not safety, is the greatest principle. And with that principle of freedom, everyone will encounter dangerous things, frightening things, and things that cause a great deal of damage. Third question that comes up a lot. If there were a God, he would show himself to us. Or at the very least, we'd remember him. If there were life beyond this one, why can't we see it? Why can't we remember it? This is one that I've thought about a great deal because certainly people, some people anyway, uh, my grandmother on my mother's side saw someone who visited her from the other side. Her deceased uh, uncle appeared to her and gave her some instructions. Joseph Smith saw God the Father and Jesus. Many others see 
those who have passed on, but not everyone. These are not things that happen daily or even very often. We hear stories, but they are infrequent in life. So back to the question, if there were God, why wouldn't he allow us to see himself and the afterlife all the time? I believe the answer to this is that it would thwart the very purpose of this life. If, again, we are here to experience things and to make our own decisions and judgment calls and to experience difficult temptations, wouldn't those important things be thwarted if we could just see the other side and see God all the time as if he were standing right next to us? That would not leave us on our own, which is the way we are here most of the time. We are here to exercise our own free will, make our own decisions, and make our own thought processes come to bear. Those who pray for answers to questions without doing their own work to find out the answer themselves are not doing themselves favors because they don't make much progress. They are relying on something beyond them. Although it's true that we should all be close to God, we are told that it's not meet that we be commanded in all things and that it's a wicked and a slothful person who must be commanded before they act. We are supposed to do many good things of our own free will and choice. And that's one of the main reasons we are here. Again, that goes back to the idea of free will. We are to exercise it, to think, to ponder, to understand, to comprehend, to stretch, and to learn on our own without just asking for truths or having God stand beside us to be there for every answer to every single question. We are to stretch, not rely on God. When we come back, more of the questions that come up by people who have sometimes sadly lost their faith or are questioning it. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
Religion Today with host Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio. And we're back. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. If you have a question or comment about this program, or just in general a religious question, which, by the way, is where many of the questions here came from, listeners who sent in an email, I would love to hear from you. Send your questions or comments to martinstanner at gmail.com, martinstanner at gmail.com. One of the next questions that I'd like to start off with during this hour is kind of a fascinating one to me. It goes like this. I don't believe in God. If he were God, there wouldn't be so many religions. He wouldn't play hide-and-seek. The truth would be easier to find. I don't believe that to be true. I believe that if the truth were so easy to find, again, much of the purpose of life would be thwarted. There are so many religions because many people find truth in most all religions. Because there is truth in most all religions. And because people don't seek out additional truths because they're happy with their own truth where they have found it. Now, there are some few individuals who spend a great deal of time looking into the many different religions that are out there. And some people think that's a complete waste of time. For me, I I enjoy that a great deal. I have read through the Quran in several different English translations. I've read through the Bhagavad Gita, which is sort of the equivalent, roughly, of the Hindu Bible or Hindu scriptures. I've read some things, not an incredible amount, about Zoroaster and about the principles that he taught. I know a little bit about Buddhism and some of the other great religious traditions, but of course I've spent most of my time with the Judeo-Christian precepts. And why would that be the thing that lures me in? The answer is not because I haven't looked at other things. The answer is because the fascinating aspects of the Judeo-Christian faith are that they are based on a concept of God, an understanding of God that is very different from that found, say, in the pantheon of Greek gods or Norse gods or many of the Hindu gods. And in what way, you might ask? Well, it's a very profound way. If you look at the Judeo-Christian traditions, they have, no matter what Christian or Jewish sect you may be part of, at the heart, a God who is logical, all-knowing, one who is devoted to people, one who is very much involved in logic, truth, goodness, and especially love. Contrast that with what you know of some of the 
Greek gods, those who are angry without a cause, those who are selfish, those who have many, many what we would call negative traits, those kinds of negative traits aren't the things that you see in the Judeo-Christian religions. Now, if you happen to be part of another religion, that's fine. There are many wonderful precepts in those other faiths. But one of the reasons that there are more Christians in all the world than any other faith, I believe, is because at the heart of the Judeo-Christian tradition, you have this logical, loving, kind God who is there to help us move forward and learn things in this life so that we will progress in the next life. Things have a purpose. The universe is ordered. Things are not haphazard. They are not based on a God's anger or contradictions or some other whim that does not sound like a great moral and virtuous value. So why are there so many religions? It's because there are so many faiths and because there are truth in all of them. The truth isn't extremely easy to find, but it is out there for those who take the time to search. Another question that comes up often is, if religion were true, science wouldn't contradict it. (laughs) And I hear this frequently from people who, well, often college students who have just been through a chemistry or physics class. And it's true that there are many aspects of science which don't have as part of the equation, and here God did this, or this particular thing happened um, that science can't explain. But it is also true that science does not explain everything, and that in more and more areas within science, whether you're talking about biology, but especially physics and uh, astronomy and many others, we find that it takes a higher power DNA and um, sequencing of the human genome have come up with the idea that there is a higher, grand, intelligent design and not just something that's haphazard, which is fascinating that the more science moves forward, the more you have religion compatible with it, not contradictory to it. DNA, in fact, looks a lot like a computer code, which is always produced by some kind of intelligence. So science isn't something that explains everything without the necessity of God. There are many areas of science that science itself just cannot explain. Final question, and this is perhaps one of the most important and one of the most difficult ones. I've heard from many people, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I didn't get an answer to my prayers. Why doesn't God answer everyone's prayers? He didn't answer mine. We are here for certain purposes, and I've talked about some of those earlier. And if you think about one that stands out that I mentioned earlier, that would be freedom. You will notice that in many, many prayers— Someone is praying to take away someone else's free agency. That may sound kind of funny. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it sounds serious. 
but it is a frequent prayer. Dear Lord, dear Heavenly Father, bless so-and-so that they will fill in the blank, that they will come back to the church, that they will not be so angry, that they will stop doing this or start doing something else. So many prayers have at their heart the intent to take away someone's free agency when the real nature of the prayer ought to be, Dear Heavenly Father, please help me understand the right arguments, the right information, the way to help persuade the person that they will be happier if they eschew this bad behavior. Those are the kinds of prayers that I believe work and will result in influences from our Father in Heaven and our answers to prayers. Also, it is not intended, I believe, that all of our prayers will be answered. We are here to learn and struggle as much as we can. Heavenly Father will not take away that burden and that purpose of life and just answer everything for us. I will end with this, that the more I look at the universe, the more I struggle to answer the questions that people present, the more I become convinced without a doubt that there is an afterlife, that there is a supreme power, that there is a loving Heavenly Father, and that the beliefs and traditions of Christianity, including God's Son, Jesus, as a Savior, are true and correct principles. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.